Thanks for checking out our latest episode of the Spokane Public Schools podcast series on mental health and wellness. Happy New Year's Eve. At least that's when we're dropping this episode. Today, I'm sharing a special conversation I had with Christy Mathestad, who is one of the district's chemical dependency professionals. She helps students struggling to control their substance abuse. And in our conversation, we go into what her job entails, the common issues she sees, and how she helps her clients achieve their goals of sobriety. She has some great tactics that anyone can use if they're setting a big goal for themselves, which, since it's resolution season, seemed like a fitting topic. All right, joining me today is Christy Mathestad, who is one of our district's chemical dependency professionals. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. It's, you know, we're recording on a Thursday. It's the back half of the week. The yeah. weekend site home stretch. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So as part of this series, uh, I've been speaking with our mental health therapists about the services and supports they provide for our students. And like I said at the beginning, you're a chemical dependency professional. So go into what your job is and how that ties into mental health. So a chemical dependency professional is someone that really just kind of helps people with their substance use. So whether that is, you know, just looking at ways to limit it, which would be harm to reduction. So that's kind of like limiting the problems of your use. Or we have some kids that really want to completely discontinue your use. And so we help them identify ways to do that, whether it's strengthening their peer support group, maybe just educating them on the dangers of substance use and all that stuff, and then just help them find skills to prevent that and increase their just overall life without substances. Yeah. So what counts as a substance? It's marijuana, it's alcohol, it's any real drug of abuse that people use. Um, you know, we have nicotine also because, you know, kids are vaping at a very young age. So it's really any substance, whether it's legal or illegal, because marijuana is legal in some states for some people over the ages of 21. And alcohol is legal as well. However, it still causes issues for people. So we kind of address all substances of abuse. So last week, I spoke to one of our therapists who said the holiday season, which we are in fully in right now, uh, is mm -hmm. the hardest time for their clients and also for the therapists. They just have a lot going on. Um, and I'm assuming the same must go for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of a hard time for me in particular, right? When COVID hit, I had some kids on my caseload that were actually doing really well. I think this is like the one time in my 15 year profession that I can be like, wow, like all those kids at that moment, we're doing pretty well. Most of their substance use was happening at school with their friends. And so once COVID hit and they were forced to be at home, a lot of my kids that were doing really well just kind of stopped using. They didn't have accessibility to it and all that stuff. And so they've really kind of, they changed their use kind of on their own just because the availability wasn't there anymore. So it has been difficult for some of my other kids that were not doing so well. Um, and some of them have family use in the home as well. So the holidays are very difficult, challenging. Another part of the holiday season is New Year's, New Year's Eve, starting fresh. Do you also help your clients with New Year's resolutions? 
I do. We always try to focus on like, what are some goals? Um, in treatment, we have a treatment plan and that literally is their goals for recovery so that therapists and clients make sure that we're actually making progress, right? So I try to help them identify what their goals is specifically in regards to substance use. Behavioral health therapists are able to kind of open up goals into a lot of areas. With my kids, I try to focus on like, what do you want your substance use to look like? And a lot of times for them, it's very scary when they think I just all of a sudden have to get sober. And so a lot of times I'm like, you know, and I, I break it down to them. Like when we're on maybe a new diet or an exercise routine, like we don't always stick to a hundred percent, but if we maybe don't do as well one day, we pick it up the next day and start over. And that's just life. We're all going to make mistakes. And so I always teach my kids just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that that's it, that, that all the progress you had made prior to is wasted. It's not. And when we talk about in recovery, relapse the active like use of going back to substances isn't always a part of recovery but a lot of times it is because they kind of oops I now realize I can't hang out with those friends if I'm trying to not use substances and you know that's I mean it's all kind of just a process that we help get them through and really teach them that you know you can obtain your goals as long as, you know, they're measurable and all that stuff. And so we try to help them get the necessary steps in order to reach their goal, right? So if it's like, oh, I want to go to college. Well, there's 500 steps before going to college. So I try to help them see that because otherwise they just kind of get beat up. I can't get sober. Well, because you're looking at the ultimate outcome. Let's look at the little steps to get there. So we really try to emphasize that. And any progress that they make, I always try to, you know, really motivate them for that because it's huge. And I think one thing with adolescents that are using substances, a lot of times that's kind of their coping mechanism. And that's really all they think they have or know that they have. And so when I'm stressed, angry, sad, depressed, whatever substances, unfortunately, make it feel better for a short period of time. And so that's kind of what they go to. And so we really try to teach them new coping skills. Even if it's like when you're angry, try these three alternatives first. And if they don't work, then they, they go back to what they know. Even that's progress because at least you tried the three alternatives, you know? So we really just, any progress towards their goal, we try to, you know, motivate them to continue working at it. So a lot of great stuff that you just told me. What are some exercises or advice that you give your clients that maybe other people could use too about reaching, you know, that new goal that you're trying to set for yourself that might seem really big or might not seem achievable either, but something tangible and bite-sized that people can use. I would say, first of all, write down your goal, like the main goal that you have, and then break it down into smaller steps. And then either once a week, try to achieve one of the smaller steps every three days, whatever you set that to be, to be making sure you're making progress. And then celebrate your successes, the small little steps, because when you celebrate, I completed that step, it really motivates you to continue working on with the rest. And I think with goals specifically, if we write them down because then we see them. And then also as we're checking off the boxes of the things we've completed, we're seeing like, oh my gosh, I used to have 10 steps to my goal. I've already completed 
seven. Now I only have three more to go. You know what I mean? It really kind of, it's just contingency management is what we call it, but it's kind of just like rewards or incentives for doing what you're supposed to be doing or what other people want you to do. And then also make sure it's your goal and not somebody else's, right? Like we have a lot of people saying we should do this. You should do this. If we don't want to, we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or it's going to be real hard to make us do it. So I think that's also huge when I'm working with my kids and mental health therapists are working with their kids. When I can get them to buy in how they want their use to look like, what they want the change to be, it's way easier. And then we're not fighting with them. They're not fighting with us. And a lot of times when they start limiting it and starting to see that the problems of their substance use are going away or their grades are increasing, their attendance is better, then they just kind of, they get that taste of sobriety or recovery. And then they just kind of want more because it's already starting to offer rewards. Mm -hmm. So. So what do you want people listening to know about students and substance abuse? When I'm talking to parents or staff members or someone, I really want them, most importantly, remember when you were a youth, remember when you were an adolescent, remember what it was like when people were telling you how you should or should not do something. We didn't like it. Human beings in general don't like to be told what we can or cannot do, right? We like to be offered choices and solutions and stuff like that. So I think really listening with a non-judgmental ear to your child, I think is huge. Um, I think when we're open-minded and really talk to our kids about why they're using and not be judgmental, it opens up like the avenues for communication. Really just pay attention to what your kids are doing and be non-judgmental. Remember what it was like to be an adolescent. Adolescents tend to experiment, whether it's with drugs or other risky behaviors. This is kind of the time where they figure out who they're going to be. And so I think if we're supportive and not judgmental and really listen, then they feel heard. And so I think that would be the best way to help or be engaged with your kids. Mm -hmm. So if someone who's listening thinks they might know a student who has an issue with substance abuse, how can they go about getting that student help? Or is it something where they kind of wait for the student to maybe bring it up? What's we the process? Have both. We have parents, teachers, we have best friends of kids sometimes contact us. So first of all, we do have a referral line. So I will give you the phone number. Anybody can call that and just say, hey, I'm worried about this kid for mental health or substance abuse. So all you really have to do is give the name. That phone number is 354-3858. Just leave a voicemail kind of sharing the concern. One great thing is we are really good about maybe getting a piece of information from somebody and then going to the student and saying, hey, like maybe I heard you were struggling with some stuff. We don't say your teacher or your mom called and said this because it's hard to do that. And we don't want to throw people under the bus that gave give us information. We really just go kind of non-judgmentally and just, Hey, do you need services? And, and a lot of times we can get them in, even if we just kind of say, Hey, we know you're using so-and-so substance. Can we even just help you gain education? So at least you know what you're using and what the potential consequences could be. Because a lot of times adolescents don't see the problems with their use 
yet because it takes a few years sometimes to show up, right? So, so they don't necessarily think it's a problem until some, sometimes it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Good to know. Can you repeat the phone number one more time? It is 509-354-3858. And once again, that's for mental health or substance abuse services. You can be a teacher, friend, family member, any of that. Mm-hmm. And you'll be kept anonymous. Yep, kept anonymous. And it's a confidential line as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Christy. This was a great conversation. I hadn't really um, talked in depth with a chemical dependency professional before. So this was uh, eye opening and informative. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. (laughs) Yeah, well, I had fun. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. I don't know about you guys, but I'm about to go write down some goals for 2021. You can find our other podcast episodes on our district website at spokaneschools.org slash listen. We also have snippets of each episode on our social media channels, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We hope you have a joyous and safe start to the new year. And remember, classes resume on Monday, January 4th. Have a great day.